<laughs> Dave, why do you eat dinner at 10 o'clock at night? Because I'm yeah, drunk. It's so bad for you. <laughs> but no, this is a consistent thing. Yes, I have done this sober as well. I apologize. I apologize. Oh no, mother away, because I don't have one in this state anymore. I mean, I have dinner every time. Hello world, is a song that we're singing. Come on, get happy. Hello listeners, and welcome back to the happy hour. No, no, no. That was a good one. I'm keeping it. I don't care. I'm still going. Welcome to the happy hour. My name is Dave O'Shea. <laughs> it's so good. And I am at MetalDave01 on Twitter, and I am joined by Veronica. Yeah. <laughs> I'm joined by Ashley as well. Hi. And I'm also joined by Beth. Hello. <laughs> and today, we wanted to, to squash a rumor that's been popping up in uh, the Twitter sphere, in that... People think that uh, we are somehow affiliated with the official, uh, you know, Montreal Canadiens organization. We are not. Is this a real thing? Yes. Like, have people been no, seeing I'm... this shit? Well, it's. <sighs> okay. Sorry. Here I go. Okay. What's going on go. is that a lot of people think that a lot of people, at least <laughs> to my knowledge, are burner accounts for either Marc Bergevin, the Canadians organization, or some other entity that's closely affiliated with our dear Habs. As such, I want to make sure that people know that we are in no way affiliated with uh, the club in any way, shape, or form, no matter what anybody thinks about the subject at any point in time ever. The concept of fans, it's it's been lost. I was just going to say, what a sad statement. Like, Oh, I'm just going to step back now. When you can't just <laughs> like a team because you like a team and support it, but because you support it, that means you're obviously being paid by them. Yes. Like, just people, that's the saddest thing I've ever heard, and I am actually very sad for your life and what it must look like. <laughs> I have never... Never mind that before this, this week. Angus agrees. Angus term. is so sad. He is. Sorry, what were you saying, Veronica? Well, before this week, nobody had ever used the words burner account together before. Yeah. And all of a sudden, that's, oh, burner account. But well, this, this reminds yeah, go. It's stemming from that basketball coach. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Just to make sure. Who has my me. brother. Well, so my brother is a Sixers fan and has been his whole life. And he's like a rabid, like, fan. Like, the way that he's a Habs fan, too. Oh, thank God. Not, I was about to yeah, say. No, no, no. Like, both of my – that's how we were raised. Like, we're all Habs fans. But um, he is a huge basketball fan and a huge Sixers fan. And um, to the point that – okay, so the guy who is the GM or the owner or whatever he is, the president of operations for the 76ers, um, was found to have – to is suspected of operating these burner accounts on Twitter that he, so burner accounts are like these like pseudo accounts where you're like anonymous or whatever, but he go, he, he went on Twitter and he, you know, he'd be trashing his players. He'd be trashing his coaches and, and um, 
even sort of divulged some confidential medical information uh, or, you know, like injury information about his players and just sort of like really kind of weird shit. And pretty it sketchy. Sort of all got- really sketchy and it all got traced back to him and so my brother is livid because he's been livid since the gm the previous gm got kicked out of there and this is a bit of a story but i'm gonna make it short so Uh the guy who was in charge before the guy who was in charge before um he was sort of the architect of the entire rebuild of this young, good, talented team that the sixers have now and they actually were really promising this season for the first time in a long time. So he sort of was the the previous guy was the architect of the tank. And then he was the architect of the rebuild and all these picks and these draft picks and, and, and young prospects and everything else for his team. And when it finally came time to like, okay, now we're ready to rock. They fired him and they brought in this other guy, Mr. Burner account guy. (laughs) And so then uh, a couple of years passed and there was one Okay, so there's one rookie on the Sixers. I'm so sorry to be talking about basketball. But so there's this one rookie on the Sixers who had an amazing year, but he went down early because he was injured and missed the rest of the season. And then when it came time to vote the rookie of the year, some some guy from some other team got chosen as the rookie of the year. And Sixers fans were furious because their guy, despite the fact that he had missed however many games of the season, had a much better record and had way more points than this other guy. So they that was a grudge that they were not going to let go of. And so then a year or whatever, the year after that rookie of the year season – all these guys that had been talking together on social, all these fans, I should say, that had been talking together on social media made this like, you know, did this road trip to watch them play in in Milwaukee. Because I guess that's where the guy if got I may voted. Bro- interject yeah? for a second there. Uh, Milwaukee, which means the good land. Oh, my God. <laughs> Is that from Wayne's World? Yes. It's also from the world, but, you know. Oh, it's from history. Okay, so so they all it's went from the facts, Veronica. <laughs> <laughs> I so love that movie went... so much. I know. It's I'm the so best. happy now. Uh, <laughs> That's the only reference I had to make. So they had like 500 people that went there with the express and sole objective to go and boo the guy who had been voted Rookie of the Year, in my brother's words, we were putting the league on notice that this Rookie of the Year shit was not going to happen again. So they went there with the express motive that they were going to boo this guy. They got there. The guy, it turned out, wasn't playing that night. (laughs) They were like, holy (laughs) And so then they're like, okay, well, okay. So they decided to boo this other guy, some random player, instead. And, you know, I guess, like, they had, like, uh, ushers and everything involved, oh, and the ushers are Lord. like, "Dude, you can't like boo poor innocent whatever his name is." And they're like, "We came all this way," and so they're like, "As you were, do what you will." Like, and so they let's just, just randomly let's just boo, boo Jerry, <laughs> that guy right the there, Jerry. The- we got your number now, buddy. <laughs> the fans of the of the team were like, 
dude, why are you guys booing this poor guy? He's like, what? So anyway, they they went there and they had their fun. But it turns out that the rookie of the uh, their rookie of the you know, the Sixers player who was injured and not playing, he was actually there that night and he took a picture of the with this whole crowd of fans that showed up for him and he was like super grateful. He went around shaking hands and they took a picture and it wound up on ESPN.com and my brother is front and center. Anyway. Wow. (laughs) The GM guy had these burner accounts and so then people are accusing other people who have the audacity to um, support the Montreal Canadiens of you know, being fake accounts and even Mark Bergevin, which is probably the funniest thing that I've ever heard in my life. Because he doesn't have anything else to do with his life. I I don't think he even knows what Twitter is. I would hope not. Yeah, he's got a staff of people who tell him, you know, who brief him on anything that might be noteworthy or bullshit or whatever on social media. But like... The notion that he would have a burner account is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. And I hate using the word stupid, but it's stupid. <laughs> um, say it's stupid, as one would say. It's stupido. Ben oui. That's very uh-huh. good. I like that. A C, yeah, rather, for you. Sorry. So much time oh, no, it's okay. We got plenty of time. We have an hour for a reason. It's because of you. <laughs> and it starts now. <laughs> Recording now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've been recording for the past forty, like twenty minutes. Um, so, uh, yeah. So these burner account ideas, and this all stems from. Oh my god, I just ripped a credit card in half with my bare hands. You did not. I did. Your first fan. I had to though because of reasons that I can't get into for this podcast. Um, did you sit on it and was it cracked? Because I encounter those a lot in my life. No, I had to get a new credit card and this was an old credit card. I've just been playing with it and it just snapped. I was like, oh, <laughs> I'm so strong. <laughs> but anyway, um, so this is all stemming from uh, quite an interesting uh, situation that happened this week in regards to, again, John at the Eagle Dares. <laughs> Welcome back to the podcast. You will not be a guest. Sorry. <laughs> but uh your interactions uh for the haves are incredible and uh thank you for pointing out a certain tsn 690 employee that called out a certain player and that certain player was andrew shaw who then responded to what was said by the certain employee of tsn 690 and then it was retweeted by the nhl official account and now we have a really interesting debate going on between whether or not this is appropriate behavior, and I have thoughts about this that I shared in DMs, and I was very heated about it. And though I am a few beers deep, I will not get that heated again. So somebody else, sure. what do we got? Well, no, here's let me. I will, <laughs> I will put my thoughts down uh, in regards to this. Um, I have to recall what the hell I was talking about, even. But somebody thinks this is very funny. You're that welcome. Was- the scariest thing I've ever heard oh, in my that was, life. That was Somebody, my the Joker is coming to get you. Look out, call Batman. Something needs to happen right now. I'm sorry, that, that was, was my roommate. Who was it? Oh. Terrifying. Oh, that was Beth? That's oh. my roommate. That's that wasn't me. me. That was my roommate. Okay, that's cool. I'm sure they're having a good time. But yeah. my thoughts in regards to all of that is that... Uh, and it's... 
it's going to sound hype uh, like uh, hypocritical too because we had the Carey Price um, thing uh, happen uh, last week, and we're in saying that you know Carey Price sees, at least in some capacity, the uh, virtual. I think is the correct word. Vitriol. Vitriol, thank you. That uh, fans have towards him and the organization. And Carrie, of course, thought that, oh, my God, the uh, you know the fans in the city hate me. And thus, the situation where uh, he broke uh, Jacques Plante's record, he got a thunderous ovation at the Bell Center, and he was touched by that ovation, and that was a good thing. And last week... We saw the uh, We Love You Carry uh, hashtag spread around, and there were two sides to that whole thing as well, which is ridiculous because every player is human. Now, in regards to uh, Andrew Shaw, the point that I want to make is that these athletes, I'm going to assume, because I am not a star athlete or a star in any capacity, but I'm going to assume that these guys get bombarded with stuff on their social media accounts all day, every day. John at the Eagle Dares tagged Shaw in regards to this thing that was said by an employee of TSN 690, a media organization that, by and large, and I'm painting a huge brush here, <laughs> in general, has a negative outlook when it comes to the management and some of the players of the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, it was called out. Shaw saw it, made a quippy little reply back in regards to how many Stanley Cup Stanley Cups he has won, and it was two. all exactly two for each ear, <clears throat> mm-hmm. and it all made sense. Then the argument, well, not the argument, but the discussion then became like, should this be the norm in regards to calling out uh, narratives by the media by actually tagging players? And I feel that that is such – it's it's a bit of a ridiculous argument to me because – Yeah. I mean – Somebody was bored. Somebody was bored. But – and I'm going to – I have to go out on this limb and just say that, you know, if you're going to tag a star athlete, it's who are you in general. Myself – Let's say if I was to tag an athlete, I expect in no way for that athlete to like or respond in any way, no. shape, or form. If they do, it's like a shooting star <laughs> came out of the sky and hit my car. That sort of thing. I'm like, oh, didn't expect that to happen. That sort of bit. And the difference here is that the media person that was called out has – a much larger following for various reasons, yet they make their opinions known, and it's you know, and it reaches a wide area of people, and you know, people either disagree or agree. Yet to suspect that this person is free of criticism by the people that listen to him and the players that he's reporting on is very silly. And there should be no defense, I want to say, in regards to that. I mean, sure, you can say, oh, yeah, this was underhanded and whatnot. But at the same time, Twitter, this is where it all happens, of course. Twitter is an open forum. Uh, Everybody can see everything that everybody is doing, at least as long as they're, you know, not a private account, which, you know, most Mm -hmm. fans and whatnot are, depending on what you do. And just to assume 
that you can say something without repercussions is absolutely ridiculous. See, here's here's where I I do agree with you. I think I don't think it's necessary to Thank you. drag athletes <laughs> into a conversation, but I do think it's important for media to be held accountable to what they're saying, especially when it's a blanket statement clearly meant to draw emotional reactions from a fan base that is notoriously hot-headed. Um, I, th- I think there needs to be some accountability somehow. That's how John chose to address it. It served its purpose. I don't know if that's how I personally would have chosen to go about it, but I do think that's an, it's an important um, moral of the story or whatever you want to take from it that <laughs> media needs to be held accountable for these things that they're throwing out there. They're throwing out um, bait that fans are taking and it's creating this ridiculous atmosphere of pitting people against each other and pitting people against players and against management for no real reason. Andrew Shaw and Lars Eller were never meant to be equatable people. They were meant for totally different purposes. Andrew Shaw was brought in to serve a completely different purpose than Lars Eller's original purpose on the team was. And I don't, I have no idea how people started making this connection that they were supposed to be together. Um, And the veiled snide criticisms of Mark Bergevin that are constantly being put out in that manner are the most aggravating part of this media, the backhanded snide comments. I can't stand it. If you want to say something, say something, but be accountable for it and have the discussion with people. Don't just say, I'm going to throw out my one liner and go and hide because you're all so sensitive. That's not how conversations work. That's not how your role as media works. You don't get just get to say your piece and walk away scot-free. And That's not how this world works. If I may add to that uh, particular bit, too, because you brought up a, a big point that I didn't mention in that there is an angle to these things that are said in that, uh, you know, yeah, it's, it's a narrative to try and pick away at what the Habs organization does. In this particular instance, it was a direct comparison between Andrew Shaw and Lars Eller. Yeah. And that, according to the history of the National Hockey League, (laughs) is not equatable. Lars Eller, as we all know, was sent to the Washington Capitals. And in return, we got two second-round picks, one of which we'll be picking this year. Another one was Yoni Iokinen, which uh, is, so far, we don't know what to make of him yet. It's like a high schooler. Right, but it's promising, at least from what we hear uh, overseas. Uh, Andrew Shaw, we bought, we got from the Chicago Blackhawks. I want to say, was that the Fleischman trade, or am I wrong? Yes. Mm-hmm. Was it, or was that yes. Philip Deneau? Oh, sorry, that was Deneau. I actually don't have the facts in front of me right now. I don't it was, recall it was. what it was about Andrew Shaw that got him <laughs> over to the Habs. Does anyone know off the top of their heads? I don't know. I are, just you, are you asking? What I the am, trade was. I am asking. Andrew Shaw. Yeah. What What was it with Andrew Shaw? Um, they got a pair as a pair of second round draft picks from us for this yes. year, which was slated to be a very good draft year. Were they both this year? They're, I think I they were both for so. 2018. Oh, no kidding. 
Well, then there it is. So people are equating this because it was two second-round picks. We got two second-round picks. They got two second-round picks from two. Sorry. Sorry, I'm interrupting. It was for 2016. Oh, okay. So but was second-round picks for 2016. Yeah, that year that the trade was made. Okay. Wow. What a a – But that was because Shaw's contract was up and the Blackhawks were, again, in cap issues. So they needed to dump salary. The Blackhawks? Yeah. Yes. So <laughs> shocking. I know. Somehow they managed Color to get themselves in cap <laughs> So that's why he was cheap for what he is, basically. And I don't not somebody they wanted to give up, but mm-hmm. the lesser of yeah. evils they had to choose from. So out of all of this, I know Veronica wants to talk. I can uh... feel it through my earphones. The like it's just But so... you're not allowed yet. Oh, okay, go. I know. I only have one more point. I'm so sorry. I just want to put the nail in the coffin and say that the Lars Eller trade has nothing to do with the Andrew Shaw trade. Done. Over. They're similar-ish players, but to draw a direct comparison between the two. No, I don't even see them. I don't don't see a single. They are forwards. May I? Yeah. In forward. (laughs) They are both forwards. I will go. I think I, that's. I think that's where it ends. And centers, yeah. right? They can play center and wing if they want to. Yeah. That's what I was more alluding to. Actually, is that their role in a team is that they're kind of you can put them wherever they want you want them to, and they'll perform the way they perform however they want to enable to do it. But the final conclusion I wanted to draw is just that they're two separate transactions. You can't equate the two. Why would you equate the two and then say something blatantly false and just, I don't know. It's, uh, okay, I'm done. And then in the aftermath of Andrew Shaw taking notice of John's tweet and responding with, you know, like we were saying that day, like I was just imagining him with a mouthful of pancakes in his bed, surrounded by dogs looking at this tweet and going, look at this stupid shit, and then sending out the YouTube link. And I thought it was brilliant. And he probably, you know, well, he he liked some tweets after that, which was cool because, you know, fans came out and were like, oh, my God, ha, 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 you know, good tweet, whatever. But in the aftermath of, you know, uh, some fans who are sort of like, Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. I thought you guys were supposed to hate the Habs like I do and and sort of getting upset at, at, you know, sort of the support that was being shown for Andrew Shaw and and then just kind of twisting uh, the awful word narrative again into being this, well, uh, the... The the original tweet in question was actually an indictment of the general management and the failures of Mark. But no, I really don't think so. The original tweet in question called Andrew Sweet, uh, Andrew Sweet, <laughs> Andrew Shaw. <laughs> Ain't he a beaut? Oh, my Lord. Okay, he Andrew Shaw, basically, basically unuseful. That's what the tweet said. The tweet did not talk about Mark Bergevin. The tweet did not talk about general management. The tweet did like, and so twisting it into, um, you know, one of these sort of prominent 
negative personalities that 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 likes to sort of um, antagonize Habs fans for whatever reason. I, I I don't understand it, but you know, calling Habs fans dumb for thinking it was an insult to Andrew Shaw. Oh, come on. Speaking of, you know what though? Sorry, I am going to interrupt you, Dave. I will disagree with you slightly, <gasps> Veronica. I'm sorry. I I agree that it was calling Andrew Shaw useless, and I retweeted a large article written by yours truly that proves that he is the opposite of useless. Yeah. Read it. Yeah. Our season, a wonderful writer. Go read it. It's, now. it's pretty wonderful article. <laughs> it's a great like. article. <laughs> um, and I bring in stats, stats, people. I use numbers. Woo! Can't be wrong. There's numbers. Um, <laughs> I, I, I agree with you that it did call Andrew Shaw useless, which I sincerely object to at the highest level. But I do also think it, on top of that, it was some veiled criticism at look how amazing this player is doing in the Stanley Cup finals while the player Mark Bergevin chose is sitting at home with pancakes in his mouth surrounded by dogs. Right. So I think it served both purposes, which is why he, there was the scurrying away afterwards to enjoy the wrath he brought yeah, to Twitter. Yeah, I guess so. But I mean, it's just it's just the calling out of um, people being dumb that they didn't understand the the nuances of the tweet. It's like if the tweet was about Burzvan, just say it's about Burzvan. He's not mm. not been afraid to call out Burzvan before. You know, it was Andrew Shaw is or Lars Eller is a more player or whatever more useful player than Andrew Shaw is. Or ever will be, or blah, 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 blah. And you guys are all sensitive and angry. Well, so I think, <laughs> like, uh, you know what? I'm done. Do you know, can I just say one other thing, too? Because sure. that article that I, I mentioned does talk, I, I, I'm jumping on my Andrew Shaw train, which everybody knows I drive proudly. Um, <laughs> the, the article talks about all the reasons why he's helpful to the team on the ice according to numbers and stats and that kind of thing. But those buzzwords that Bergevin is a fan of character and attitude and that kind of thing. That's um, wrong. That is why he brought in Shea Weber. That is why he brought in Andrew Shaw. That is why he brought in players like that because of the attitude and the character that they bring to the team. And I don't think it's a big coincidence that this past season went the way it did with both of those players missing large chunks of time due to injury. Absolutely. So, that was the last thing I wanted to say on the matter. I uh, actually do have something more I wanted to add. No One way. One more thing I wanted to add. Oh, yeah. Wow. Um, it's it's a, a completely, di completely different angle. But, like, please, please, Montreal media, don't give me a reason to cheer against Lars Eller, who I love. Yeah. Please, don't Seriously. do this. Like, let us love been... the tiger. Come on. Yes, let us love Lars. Please don't oversaturate us with these with these uh, references to a player that, uh, I mean, just don't. It's don't. The pitting, pitting people against each other, like I said in the beginning. It's pitting people against each other for no purpose at all. Than personal amusement, I guess. I, I don't guess. understand. Yeah, what the hell are these guys going to do once the playoffs are over? Oh, wait, like, criticize all the offseason moves that aren't happening? What the fuck I do you know? Don't oversaturate us with this sort of 
canonization of these players who have departed, who are having success in the playoffs that we, you know, we would like to enjoy it. Like, don't oversaturate us with with all of this um, sort of drawing these parallels to the Habs failures to the point where then you turn around and you're so surprised when we're like, oh, my God, if I hear Lars Eller's name one more fucking time, I'm going to explode. <laughs> Like, oh, what do you have against Lars Eller? Oh, my God. Oh, Just dear please me. Please don't make me cheer against Lars Eller. I please, didn't, please. I didn't mean to draw up such such anger uh, from the base. Like, <laughs> fuck you. Yes, you did. Jesus. <laughs> well, obviously. So, my uh, thing that I've been wanting to add for the past uh, five and a half minutes is um. <laughs> oh, damn it. Oh, no. <laughs> Okay, I have something I'm going to add then. Go ahead. I'm just kidding, Dave. <laughs> All right, no, don't. Don't do that. No, okay. Uh, I figured that would make you remember. Shit. Yeah. We probably was mentioned it. about it. how awesome Andrew Shaw is and how people can change and learn and grow and they're not always the original uh, shitheads you thought they were. I get that Over angle you're doing, but wasn't quite about that. Because that's a fight I have all the time on Twitter. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> no, it was... um. Damn. Yeah, that was something. Um, Beth, did you have things to add? <laughs> yeah, Beth, what's your two cents? Oh my gosh, the Joker got her. <laughs> no, I'm I'm right here. Oh good. Yay! I'm she here. wasn't ice boxed. No. Um. Terrible turn. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, like I don't, I don't think we need to go be tattletales and just. Say, oh, look, Andrew Shaw, this person said this thing to you. And, oh, no, Jolson, this person said this thing about you and blah, blah, blah. Like, every single time that something happens. But, um... Who would ever say anything about Noah Jolson? Yeah. They said things about his dad, which made me really <gasps> angry. No. Yeah. Dads are off limits. Yeah. Jesus. And firefighter dad like, dads at he's that. A, he's a firefighter. But his dad is, like, a he's a very robust man. And people like he was at um he was at a game drinking a beer and eating like popcorn or something, and they showed him on TV and people were like saying really mean things about No Jolson's dad, and I'm like, Fuck what sakes. is wrong with you? Like people are assholes. <clears throat> oh yeah, like he is not the pro athlete. His son is like let the man, like the man is an older gentleman. He's still working. His son is a professional hockey player. Let him live. Anyway, um. I don't think we need to, we as fans need to be tattletales every time somebody says something about a player. But I agree with what you all have said that um, the media need to be held accountable. Held account accountable. If you have a check mark next to your name, I'm sorry, but your words hold more gravity and are more, are held to, they're, they're more scrutinized than those of us lay people who do not have check marks you get the check mark because you are supposed to be a quote-unquote influencer so if you're influencing people then you're also going to get criticized and people are going to pass along whatever you say what to people who may not have been paying attention or been online at the time it's going to it's going to make its way around Players see what is said about them. They know that good and bad things are said. They can search their names. They get they get at they get mentioned all the time. So, 
I just think people need to like think about what they say. Like sometimes, like when I see people say nasty things about a player, I'm like, what is? Why did you take the time to type that out and post that on the internet? Like text your mom. Just be like, mom, yeah. I hate what this person did. Like, it's just their moms it's just hate dumb. them for a good <laughs> reason. <laughs> But Beth, it's the classic yeah. internet issue, right? Would you it's say the, it to their face? Yeah, exactly. Then don't it's just, say it on the internet. People get so brave behind a keyboard and it's nuts. And, and I think there's a yeah, keep going. Oh sorry, I was just gonna say like Andrew Shaw, like I I was really unhappy when I saw that the Canadians had traded for Andrew Shaw. I yep. had a, I, he had Me a too. really bad reputation. I was I was I was mad. I was, I Me was too. just, I didn't cry or anything. I was just very, very angry. And I was like, what are they thinking? What are they doing? Like, this is stupid. This is not what the Montreal Canadiens are about. But then I watched him play and then I did research on Andrew Shaw. And there's an actually a really cool article, which I will post after, after the podcast. Um, it was an interview, it was about an interview that he did with um, Christopher Hine in mm-hmm. the, um, uh, who lives in Chicago and works for the, the, the Blackhawks. Uh, the Tribune. He's for the he's the a, Tribune. For the Tribune. Yeah, but it's from February two thousand seventeen, um, and it's it it goes through a little bit of Andrew Shaw's redemption story and what happened after um, that word he said it during that playoff game that that when he was with the Blackhawks and um, and whatnot. And it if you are still like a, a non an Andrew Shaw non believer read this article please and you will understand why i went from hating andrew shaw to adoring andrew shaw mm-hmm. and i agree with you 100 percent, beth that article was a big yes um, thing in swaying my opinion too and just watching yeah. him learn exactly like he he is one of those people that when you when you tell him something, he is very much open to constructive criticism mm-hmm. which is i feel i find very very admirable especially in an athlete because sometimes athletes they're like no I want to do it this way they just not Mm -hmm. all the time but they just have this thing in their heads but like with their personalities outside of the sport but anyway I just think people just need to remember that the person you're talking to is a human being with thoughts and feelings and not just some robot who is doing something just for your entertainment so weird that we had this exact conversation last last week week. (laughs) yeah yeah. Weird. I wonder yeah. who keeps bringing it up. <laughs> we wouldn't well, have to talk I... about it if people understood what the what the what the term criticize means. And this is what I yeah. wanted to say before I remembered. Good job, Dave. So Yay. thank you. I'm only four beers deep in an hour. Anyway, so one of the things that came out of this whole debacle with uh, Andrew Shaw versus John versus the media, all that nonsense, was that a certain somebody uh, came up in defense of this TSN personality and saying that if you think that so-and-so was criticizing Shaw with Eller, you're an idiot. And it's like, wait, let me let me pump the let me pump the brakes on this. Take a step back and look at the tweet as it was. And I believe that almost verbatim half paraphrased half verbatim that particular tweet said that it's been said before that Lars Eller is a better player than Andrew Shaw is that criticism of Andrew Shaw I want to say yes 
According yeah, to the black and like... white definition in the Webster Dictionary, in Dictionary.com, <laughs> in, Med in Webster Miriam, that is the definition of criticism. <laughs> I just don't understand how you can just use a word incorrectly to justify your own bias against a team that you supposedly love and you base your well-being on. Well, the one guy doesn't love the team all. anymore. Yeah. The only thing he inter he interests himself in is is for whatever reason I I mean it's it's part of his brand is to just go there and and say things to piss people off. It's deliberate. But it goes back exactly to what we were talking about last week in the last podcast about people twisting themselves into lemons to um <laughs> to justify shit. Like, you know, like Emmeline gets chosen by uh, or, or gets traded to the Nashville Predators. You know, David Poyle trades for the guy. So all of a sudden, you know, the narrative, like the the, the fan base in Montreal that has been crucifying Alexi Emmeline for years and years and years, then goes like just uh, twists themselves into uh, justifying why this move is now a brilliant move because it would, was made by such a brilliant GM. And it's just the same thing now. Like, you know, like, uh, to his credit, the author of the original tweet in question um, replied to Andrew Shaw's reply to the tweet and said, well played. Leave it there. Yep. Don't, don't then turn it around into, you know, trying to <laughs> turn the whole thing into this, you know, justified. Uh, it turns out that the fans are stupid for interpreting the, the tweet in question in this way. Like, sit down, start. Yeah. You know, try to get your enjoyment in from other things. Yep. Try to lead a life where you don't go on to a social media platform to call thousands and thousands and thousands of people, uh, you know, to basically question their intellect, which is part of this one account's brand, is to constantly... Um, you know, basically imply that everybody else's intellect is inferior to his, you know, un unless you're praising him, which, you know, he has a lot of people who praise him a lot. And, it, it, you know, in that case, those people are smart. But it's just like, you're not using social media correctly. You're not being social. And yeah, it's not, it's not called elite media. Yeah, don't try to turn this <laughs> yeah. into something that it wasn't to make to, to to have another excuse to call people dumb. Yeah, if we we're not looking for a dissertation about a freaking no. thing that's already done and over with. Somebody was called out for being an idiot. He admitted to being an idiot. Done. It's gonna happen again and again and again and again until yeah, the Habs no, win I, the I, cup. We don't think so. I think this whole. A notion of oh my god, players are always going to be tagged now. I don't think so. Well, it has I just done. well, I meant that the media is going to say stupid shit. Well, yeah, but ad I think infinitum, that, ad infinitum, and I do think that oh, um, excuse you, like there there are <laughs> there there are some you know sort of the usual suspects. Um, I mean, I do have everybody muted now, so I can't say for sure. But I do think that a lot of the, a lot of the usual suspects have sort of 
finally cottoned on to the notion that the fans have really had it up to here. Like, you've had your fun, you know, since the Weber trade. You've had your fun baiting everybody and getting everybody worked up. But I really think that the tide is turning. And the other thing is, it, it just seems to me that a, a lot of them are sort of desperate to um, just sort of, as we say, squeeze the last drops of out of that outrage lemon before everything changes. <laughs> like, uh, have we already forgotten how things have changed so much for the better with the with the naming of of you know the, the the coaches who've left the coaches who've come in and you know all of the possibilities that we have with our 11 million picks in the draft that are that, <laughs> that's coming up and never mind that we're getting John, John Tavares, Tavares. Fox sakes like please like being miserable is really 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 a lot of work being miserable for the sake of being miserable is a lot of work. There are changes for the better that have happened. The general manager appears to have taken the sort of the, the mistakes of the past, mistakes or, or experiences of the past and learned from them and seen what he should be doing differently and uh, why why is there still all of this infighting i have a dream very true what i have a dream oh my let me just one moment please i have a dream that an influential respected member from the montreal media steps up to the podium like Rocket Richard did after the St. Patrick's Day riots with last century and says, please, everybody, calm yourselves. Cool your heads. Calm down. You know, um, the past two years have been terrible. Let us put them behind us. Let's start with a clean slate. Let's get behind our players and let's get behind the team and let's forget all this shit. If, if somebody, I, I don't know who it could be, but if somebody just stepped up and did this, like, I really think that for whatever reason, they're probably passionate and emotional reasons. Uh, uh, several of these Montreal media members have been doing this, um, you know, for their own amusement to get, you know, sort of to feel bolstered by the people who feel the same way that they do and, you know, sort of, you know, encourage all of this outrage. But if somebody just said, you know, like, stop it. It's enough and let's move on. I would have such admiration for whoever that person is because, Quite frankly, people call us the sheep, us and the people who are like us, who support the players and support the team and and sort of, I mean, we're fans. It's what we do. But if like the, the sheep of the media who've been kind of pulling the puppet strings for these past two years for their own amusement, like maybe they'll wake up if they see this person that they believe in everything that this person says, maybe they'll 
start to say, okay, you know, life isn't necessarily as bad as we've been led to believe and people learn from their mistakes and, uh, you know, the players want to win and we're going to get, you know, different pieces this year on our team and uh, hopefully we're going to be able to plug up some of the holes that we've got in our roster and hopefully, you know, players are going to turn up to training camp fully charged and with their batteries put in and with the same mentality. Blah, 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 blah. Why don't we just do that? And why doesn't just somebody come out and, and say enough is enough? I think uh, the player that would have to do that would either be... I mean a media L- member. Lars Eller, Devante Smith-Pelly, or P.K. Subban. P.K. Subban should have done this two years ago. He should have done this two years ago. If I was his publicist, I would have told him to get, to get out there and yeah, and <laughs> get out there and talk to the Montreal fans and say, I'm happy. I had, I had a great two years here. I have nothing but respect for the Montreal Canadiens organization. Bygones are bygones. I'm off to a new team now. I'm so happy where I am. I'm doing so well now. Don't take pot shots at the, at the organization that you're leaving. Do all of this and just say, uh, you know, thank you so much for your support. And, you know, hopefully, you know, you continue to support me or, 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 or okay. look, first of all, hope that I do well or whatever, but that would never have happened. His feelings were way too hurt the entire first season he was gone. So that wasn't going to happen from him. But I, I think your original point was that it should be media members. Yes. They're the ones that are brewing this. This isn't on the players. The players are just playing their game. That's what they're supposed to do. I expect nothing more from them than them to go out and play hockey. Like the 30 other teams in the league. Just go play hockey. That's all I want from the hockey players. Go play hockey to the best of your ability. That's fine. But you're 100% right, Veronica, that this is on people. And I I get it. I think it's a hard switch to do because when things start going poorly, poorly, then you're viewing it with everything with that negative lens because that's the trend that you're on. I'm sincerely hopeful that this offseason has started off so well with the moves that management is making that I'm hopeful we can continue to trend that way with good moves at the draft on July 1st over the rest of the offseason in training camp that by the time we get to beginning of October and the season is about to start, we're on that upward trajectory I'm, and everybody's mindset is thinking that way. Look, all these positive things are happening. Now I'm more able to view all these things in a positive light um, and see all the good things that are actually happening rather than harping on the negative. So yeah. And let's try that can happen. Yeah. yeah. Let's try not to shame fans for supporting their team. Right. Yep. Because Definitely. speaking of that, the future is bright because there are a number of things that happened this season in this summer, in the past few weeks, that would herald a bright future for the Habs. We have a smarty pants on our team now. Yeah. Got a brainiac. Mm-hmm. But, the Scholastic Award, Dave? Our, our right, but Dave, that was, it was more for talking a, points? Yeah, that's more for a player of the year that's hosted by Scholastic. I don't know if he's smart. Uh, okay, who was it? Alexandre Allen? <laughs> Who just like yes. graduated back yes. in it's, Harvard it's, or whatever? It's Alexander Alain. Yes, yes, yes. That's Alexander Alain. Right. Did he actually do that? I thought he was yeah, a some uh, guy. Canadian Notre boy. Notre That's Dame. Jake Evans. Jake Evans. 
but he's Still, he's another stands, center, number one. Who Beth has a relationship with Jake. Ooh. And Alexander Alan is <laughs> another center that came up from oh. the Armada team. But yes, Alexander Alan, this is the next point that we want to make aside from everything that happened with the media, et cetera, this and the other thing. <laughs> Alexander Alan won a player of the year for the CHL from the Scholastic whatever scholastic hosts it and that's very cool and that wasn't very and that wasn't reported all that much and it's very cool that one of the players got that it shows character it shows attitude and that's oh, yeah. important god damn it he's 21 years old is, and he's gonna that be is awesome. not the award i thought you said it was <laughs> oh no 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 that's funny so um, i should pay more attention too bad so sad so that's awesome alexander alan good job okay next topic <sighs> We have new Habs players. We have two new defensemen from the Czech Republic. Woo-hoo! We have David Sklenica and Mikhail Morvek. <laughs> and <laughs> nobody knows how well they're going to do. Uh, they're going to be showing up at... Czech. Exactly. They're uh, Czechoslovakians. Uh, they, are the, they are from Pleka land. And, <laughs> um, <laughs> and they are going to make the training camp super interesting. Because it's like we got these two Czech players coming in. Uh, they were both, um, I think, in the World Championship team, and it's like, uh, wh- where where are they going to play? I think I think, and I might be wrong because I am often wrong, but I believe that they are both left-handed players, and people are always wondering we need more left-handed defensemen because of this, that, and the other thing, which makes sense because you know uh, team tactics and all that nonsense. And um, I'm just looking up uh, Sklenica right now, Dave Sklenica, and he is a lefty. And now I'm going to look up really quick. I like lefties. Our other buddy. Really? Why? Mm-hmm. Why do you like lefties? I'm a lefty. Oh. I love left-handed people. Yeah. Wow, you guys would love my Aunt Rachel. There's I, just something I thought about... I was talking about left-handed players with somebody recently. I can't even but find the other guy. I can't remember who guy. it was. Oh crap! I was okay. I was I'm drunk when up. I typed this. I'm backing up a little bit because the award that I was reading about earlier this week that that Alain won yeah. was the Guy Lafleur Award for Excellence mm-hmm. in Merit. Oh, that's another award he won. Yes, yes. Yeah, so that's the one. I that's the one I thought you were talking about because negative um, because that is the one that he. It's for excellence on the ice and in the classroom because we all know about his wonderful hockey stats. But mm-hmm, he mm-hmm. had a ninety-three percent grade average. Ooh, what is okay? So he is a smarty pants. I stand Jeff, corrected. Yeah. So that's that's the one I had briefly glanced at the headline on Twitter, and that's what I assumed you were talking about. Very cool. So okay. that's awesome. Thank you for uh, clearing that up. And now the uh, the two Czech players that we got are both left-handed defensemen, and that's been a bit of an issue with the halves. But now we got them, and we're going to have to see how training camp happens. And unfortunately, and I hate to say it to the present crowd included, but – that kind no. of that I know that kind of puts Jamie Ben and David Schlumpko on fire. We had a Jamie Ben. When did that happen? <laughs> wait, wait, what? It's Jordy Ben, Dave. It's we have Jordy Ben. Shit! <laughs> I got so pumped. I was like, Jamie what? Ben and John Tavares. <laughs> oh. Anyway, and Anyways, number eight on the Habs, uh, Jordy Ben, right? Eight, yeah. I think I got it right. Yeah. Uh, they're gonna be they're gonna be the guys I think really have to fight for a, a roster position. 
Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what plays out. I don't know if these new, I don't know if these new guys are going to make a big splash or what, but I think Ben was going to be fighting for a spot regardless Mm -hmm. of who else they've signed this year. So now in tandem to that, going on to the other topic that I wanted to talk about, really rapid spitfire here, we we Laval signed another goalie. Uh, a Etienne Marcou, who I know nothing about, but that puts Zach Fucali on fire now. Because Hopefully. one would assume yeah. that Lindgren is a shoe in for the uh, number one spot in Laval, while Etienne and uh, Zach are going to have to go head to head for the backup position. And uh, I'm going to try and look up this kid right now, Mister. What about uh, Hayden Etienne. Hockey? He's... Is he still in his junior or college? I can't say specifically, but Hayden, I believe, is still with the uh, 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 Hampton, right? The Bulldogs. Bulldog. I don't. I'll look it up while you're so, looking. Yeah, at he's him. in the under league, uh, under Lyle Okay. Still, but yeah. Let me, wow, Etienne Marcou is, is very olive skinned. Not that that matters. Love it. It just. Conf- it just, just like surprised me. me. Exactly. He looks like Veronica if <laughs> Veronica was a boy. Was a dude. Was a Hayden dude. Hockey is currently playing for um, his college team. He plays for Providence College. Oh, really? Okay. Oh, I mm-hmm. could have sworn he was not doing that. Okay. Well, He's 23. Oh, do you want to know who Etienne Marcoux played for before being signed? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Oh, wait, that picture is not... No, I don't want to know. <laughs> what the hell? I'm sorry, I'm looking at Elite Prospects right now, and he was with the uh, the Wilkes-Bears uh, Scranton Penguins, the, the Baby Pens team. But his picture has an Armada picture on it. Some kind of... Oh, okay, he was with them like five years ago. Never mind, whatever. Mm-hmm. That doesn't matter anymore. Sorry. Okay, <laughs> anyway, so Etienne Marcou signed. All right, next thing. Um, I had to remind Veronica about what she wanted to talk about in regards to Mark Bergevin in the third pick. Okay. Wait. Okay. I'm sorry. That's going to be a discussion. I'm moving <laughs> the set list right now. Uh, Renat Valiev, a new contract. He's not going to Russia, Mr. Valiev. He's going to make, again, he's going to be one of the defensemen that came in from the uh, Thomas Pekanek trade. And he's, again, going to be one of the guys that's going to be shaking up what's going on for training camp in the defensive core for the Habs, Valiev. Did we see him play at all this year? Yeah, we did. And he seemed really excited to be mm-hmm. a Hab. So I'm excited for what he might bring to it. I, I'm hoping there might be a little bit of a flash of like a Dale Weiss or a Delorier. He just seemed really excited to be there and Mm-mm-mm. have a chance. So right. I'm, I'm hopeful we can see some cool things. We only got like two or three games out of him uh, with the Habs mm-hmm. though, right? I think it was. I don't think it was much, but he did also just get it. It's a two-way contract, so... Right, right, mm-hmm. right. And he came in They're... at the tail end of things as well. Yeah, at the deadline. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, so with Valiev there, um, right, because Mike Riley was a big surprise as well, and he played very mm-hmm. well, and Valiev kind of became like a, a guy that you never really saw because Mike Riley was doing so well up until Ashley said something and then he messed up one play. I know. Mm-hmm. 
Oh wow! <laughs> but that was the last thing I wanted to mention. So those are all the those are all the new habs and the contracts, at least as far as I'm concerned, uh, that I have been able to pick up over the past week. And now Veronica, as I mentioned before, talk about uh, Monsieur Bergevin and uh, the third pick stuff. Okay, really quickly, but I don't want to get off track. But we, what? you know, our yeah, you know, our friend Lamb. Yeah, he, Lamb yeah, our Rosso. actual good friend Lamb. He just sent me a tweet, and it comes from an interview that Noah Dobson gave at the NHL Scouting Combine uh, regarding Shea Weber. Oh, right. The Combine's actually going on right now. I've been seeing a lot of really interesting Mm -hmm. stuff from the uh, Habs Twitter coming up with that. So he was asked... um, how much time have you spent in Montreal? I'm pretty familiar with Montreal, playing Blaineville. They're right there in Montreal. I've been to a few Habs games before. Obviously, they're the closest market to my hometown, so I'm really familiar with Montreal. And then he's asked, are there any players on the squad that you watch, pay attention to? Quote, Shea Weber is an all-star defenseman <laughs> in Montreal. So I think all defensemen kind of keep an eye on him. He's a great role model for any D in the league. He does everything right, so he's the kind of guy I pay attention to. Really? Gee. Would you believe it? That kind of wow. Shea Weber, an elite defenseman. He didn't mention. Wow. In this economy, there (laughs) is in this world. (laughs) There's another elite defenseman in my mind, but I can't quite put my finger on it because it's not mentioned. It's it's baffling right now. You know, but at the okay. same time, what do these kids actually know about hockey aside from playing it all their lives? Yeah. Right? Living and breathing it and making it to the NHL yeah. or making it to that level. Anyway. Yeah, instead I of just sitting that in a studio talking about it all day. <laughs> Thanks, Lamb. Yeah. Thanks, Lamb. Thanks, You're a Lamb. cool guy. <laughs> it was good seeing you at all the recruits uh, things too, man. It was good seeing you. Okay, so I'm trying to go back. I, I'm, I'm not going to go for the third overall pick uh, that I wanted to talk about because I forget what I wanted to say. Oh, However, no. yeah, yeah, I know. I'm sorry. We'll probably record another one at some point, so just save it. It's probably going to come next week, so get ready for it. So <laughs> uh, Chris Nichols, who's a guy, Nichols on Hockey, at Nichols on Hockey on Twitter, who <laughs> um, sort of transcribes a lot of uh, insider hits radio hits throughout the day every day um posted a tweet today with a link obviously to um uh dialogue regarding i think it was elliot friedman yeah friedman talking about captain max patch who i've avoided talking about captain on this podcast a lot because it, it just hurts me so much, all of the conversations surrounding him. But so the, the quote is, now the biggest obstacle to Pacioretty getting dealt is going to be what Montreal asks because the ask is going to be big. And then he goes, but I still think it's more likely than not that he gets traded. <laughs> the phrasing in this sentence troubles me because... The implication here is that Montreal is shopping him and, you know, media have been all over this for months and months and maybe even years about Max getting traded out of Montreal. 
what I see this as, what I interpret this is as teams approaching Mark Bergevin because their elite scorer is about, it is, you know, due to become a free agent. They're approaching him and he's going, you want Max Pacioretty? I want this guy, this guy, this guy, that guy, that prospect, this guy, all these picks, whatever. And that's the way I'm seeing it. He's seeing it as an obstacle about what Bergevin is asking for to trade his player. I think he's being asked for Max Pacioretty and he's making the high so astron- the ask so astronomical that a deal hasn't been done. Now, Dreger stole my thunder because what I wanted to say this week is what nobody's been talking about. All of these possibilities involving a trade with Max Pacioretty. I think Mark Bergevin, like I would hope for Mark Bergevin to come out of left field and extend Pacioretty, extend his contract, keep him. He's not going anywhere. The guy who scores all those 11 million trillion goals, keep that guy, or at least keep him until the deadline. But uh, ideally, that's that's what I would absolutely love, and I would have a huge, gigantic tub of popcorn to see him actually extend Pacioretty. Pat, Max Pacioretty has given his blood, sweat, and tears to this team since he's been a Montreal Canadian from the time that he was a rookie and he was less than enamored with the ice time that he was getting in Montreal playing under Jacques Martin. And he went on the radio with our good friend, Tony Marinero to say that if he's not going to get ice time, he would rather be with the Hamilton Bulldogs and he'd rather be down there. And I think management liked what he said because they brought him up and all of a sudden he started scoring up a hot streak in Montreal and he was doing it with David DeHarnay with whom he had become close playing in Hamilton. David DeHarnay who was the lightning rod for Montreal media and fans for years the subject of ridicule and abuse because he was playing with Max Pacioretty and another reason to hate Michel Therrien, David DeHarnay was Max Max Pacioretty's favorite human being. That is why David DeHarnay played first line minutes. And may I add, Max Pacioretty was an elite goal scorer while playing with David DeHarnay. Max Pacioretty has never had, God bless David DeHarnay, a bona fide number one C. He has scored 158 goals, including in the year that, including this last year, that he had, God bless Jonathan Drouin, but that never worked, including this past year, which was an awful year, 158 goals. And people can't wait to get rid of this guy. And they also devalue what he would be worth in a trade And I just feel like he owes Montreal nothing. I feel like this organization owes Max. And if this could all sort of somehow come into this um, uh, uh, scenario where there is a real center for Max or or, or a chance for Max to, um, you know, get his groove back, and 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 have another one of his thirty or almost forty goal seasons. I just feel like I would I would be so heartbroken to see him leave 
after the organization and Mark Bridgevan not doing right by him in that regard. Mm-hmm. That's all I want. I, and, and I would just love it. I would love it if, you know, if somehow that all came together. I'm not a GM. I'm not sure how it would work mathematically um, unless he took a hometown discount, which I don't believe that he deserves. But, you know, somehow coming out and saying after everybody's been working all their trade scenarios for a year that he's actually his contract's been extended and he signed a new contract and he's going to be a Montreal Canadian and give this guy the opportunity that he has earned he almost died he that he survived an attempted murder <laughs> and was ready to come back if if Montreal made it to the second round he broke his goddamn neck we all thought that he was dead I literally thought he was dead. I thought that he was dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was a tough one. Can we please stop treating Max Pacioretty like he's like he's something to be discarded? It the makes only, me furious. The only comment I have about that is the the classic, we need to trade Max Pacioretty because we need to score more goals. Who is scoring your goals right now? My God! It's usually Max Pacioretty, and it's usually the comment of, let's trade him, maybe we can get a goal scorer, at least we'll get some draft picks. I mean, you could get a draft pick, maybe you'll be able to draft a goal scorer, someone like Max Pacioretty. That'd be awesome. Imagine you could get someone like that. Jesus Christ. I think he's just so undervalued. I'm not sure why he's become that lightning rod. Um, I know why. It's just... He people call him streaky. What goal scorer isn't? And it just his the criticism just never seems to be actually valid that is thrown his way. So I agree with you. I love Max deeply. He is one of only two jerseys that I actually own, um, and I really hope that he stays exactly mm-hmm. for the reasons. Not maybe because I think he's owed that, but because I think he. Um, even just for his own mental well-being, deserves a chance to show everybody, look, this is what I can do when you give me the chance to shine and you give me the proper tools to work. Because uh, I've done, done it done before. A, yep. And I think he's done an admirable job, admirable job with what he's been given. Um, and I really hope to see what he can do in the best situation. The end. That's right. Cool. Um, and his postseason, sorry, just one more thing, Dave. It uh, on garbage day, quote unquote, after the season was over. The speech that he gave about wanting to be in Montreal and wh- everything he said about living in Montreal and how special it is to his family and the treatment that he received this year, and for him to say all of those wonderful things about wanting to stay with the team. Come on, man. That's the definition of character. And even though he's been attacked, I mean, the situation in Montreal, since he was voted captain by his teammates, not named captain by the organization, but voted as the captain by his teammates, has been less than ideal. The sort of sort of just toxicity that has surrounded the team since Shea Weber got to Montreal, obviously no fault of Shea Weber. Like the... Imagine how it is to manage that. It's impossible. Like, 
people hate me on Twitter because I'm a fan of a hockey team. I cannot be- I cannot imagine what Max Pacioretty goes through. He's off Twitter and he's off social media. I hope for his I, I hope for his sake that he's completely off it. But I mean, this all reaches him on the airwaves and in the, you know, in the papers or online or whatever it is, you know, that the the way that people have talked about him and I just think you know, it goes back to, let's not forget that these people are human beings, but also let's not forget that he still wants to be a Montreal Canadian and he's so proud to be, and he's there 365 fucking days a year when he could be in Florida if he wanted to. And uh, the, the respect that he speaks uh, with about um, fans and, and you know, the, the the city of Montreal and everything else, like... Let's not throw this guy away, please. Absolutely. Yeah. Sorry, I'm done. That was it. That's my max. Okay. Mm. I will say that of all the jerseys that I own, I also own a uh, Pacioretty jersey with the C on it, and I got it the day yep. after he was announced as nice. captain of the Habs. Whoa. So with that being said, we have to talk about our three favorite things from the week. There's four of us. It's going to be four favorite things. No, no. The... Wait. Yeah. Our... yeah. We don't yeah. each do three because that would take way too long. That's what I... Another that's hour. what I in... was thinking, but it isn't correct. Us four will talk about one thing <laughs> each in regards to there our favorite aspect of the week, and Perfect. I am nominating Beth first. Oh, Us, Lord. Beth, has a, uh, anything to say about everything that we talked about just recently? I'm preparing myself for the worst, but I'm hoping Max stays. Yes, same. Nice. Mm-hmm. Me too. Thank you. Um, so that's it. That's our stuff. Cool. Um, um, what, what was your happy <laughs> happy thing? Happy thing? Oh really? God! I have one. Um, I'll go first, Beth. You yeah. Can I'm, um, I'm sorry. I'm gonna retweet my own tweet from two days ago. Uh oh. To hi- highlight the my favorite hab or my favorite hockey thing for the week. Um. Ovi's post-game interview um, when they asked him about Lars Eller's stellar game, and he's like, Tiger was great. Tiger! Oh, I have it just God. made my heart so happy to hear oh, Ovi calling Lars God. Tiger and not yes. Larry. For everybody to hear, it just... I couldn't stop laughing and grinning, so that was my favorite thing for this week, so I'm retweeting my little crappy video of my own TV. As soon as I heard him say that, I thought of you. Oh my and god! And then I saw your tweet. <laughs> it made um, me so happy. My dad texted me immediately too. <laughs> oh my god. Um, my mine is is just hockey related. It's not has related. Um, but uh, I don't know who you guys are all. We're, we're I think we're all rooting for different people for the playoffs. I don't know. Um, but on Wednesday, I missed most of the game except for the last five minutes because of the movies and so I saw that insane save that Holpe made and then they panned over and there was a Vetchkin on the bench like, oh, like with yes. his hands over his face <laughs> and I was like that's what I'm doing right now like, he <laughs> loves the game so much yes, he does can't yeah, deny does. it Ovechkin is a treasure for hockey very much so but it was just like I was. It was just adorable, like to see him like clutching his face. Oh yes. But yeah. That's yeah. a good one. 
Veronica, I think it's your turn. I really, I'm at a loss right now. Um, I've got, okay, so everybody knows, everybody knows. Uh, the people who pay attention to my Twitter know that I have a co-worker who's from England and <laughs> I have sort of <laughs> taught him all about hockey in a crash course in like these past few weeks and made him this sort of rabid, diehard Las Vegas Golden Knights fan after sort of telling them, telling him about their story and their rise through their through the regular regular season after sort of being the bad news bears kind of team um, that, uh, you know, sort of everybody is now so furious about the success of the Vegas Golden Knights after at the beginning of the season, everybody calling them a joke and how they wouldn't even make the playoffs and they were going to be quote unquote hilariously bad. So I've got him sort of super invested in all this sort of narrative. And every time um, Vegas wins or loses, he's sort of so like, you know, feeling it to his very core. And I hadn't seen it, hadn't seen him in a couple of days and um, went up to his desk today and he's like, what the Fuck Veronica. He was so upset that Vegas had lost a game in the Stanley <laughs> Cup final. And I'm just like, yeah, you know, it's going to be okay. Like, they've never lost two games in a row. And, you know, try, trying to tell him, you know, and I'm like, you know, but Washington has a really good story, too, because Ovechkin. Oh, he doesn't care know, about that. Yeah, well, he's never been this far, and he's like, oh, oh, okay, I see. Everybody's got a good story. Oh, okay, so I guess that's the way you are, eh, Veronica? Everybody's got a good story? I'm like, oh, God, welcome to the fucking club. Maybe you should join Twitter. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Join everybody who's, like, you know, upset about my positive outlook. But, um, yeah, that's my happy moment is that he's so invested that he he becomes angry and and, um, uh, profane when he's talking Mm about – he doesn't even watch – he doesn't even watch like he's like oh my god they're playing and then he tunes in and he's like what's going on he doesn't know but um you know he'll he'll read the news or hear what i say and and that's enough to get him we're all worked up look what you did it wasn't a very good moment sorry look what you did <laughs> no i like it look what you did <laughs> so my moment actually has something to do with the habs of present day and that is nikita sherbeck and up doing the taxi runs around Montreal today. There was a video what? released uh, today what? about it. I was Thank at work. God it was released was, today. That was because, entertaining. Because it was pretty good. It, it pretty much runs uh, – it's it's the same thing that uh, Gallagher and Houdon did uh, earlier in the season, but now it's Sherback oh. and Yuppie in the taxi. <laughs> and, Does and Nikita was, have his dog? Mm-mm. No, no, ma'am. No, no, they the don't. Dog. No, that would have been too bad. But um, I think they got another one, by the way. That was <gasps> a that was a really good uh, video. Sherback is <laughs> such a treasure, and I hope he makes a starting lineup next year. Oh, me too. Somewhere, me too. somewhere. So exciting. Here. Could, yeah. Oh, I know. I know. Not in Laval. Yeah. I'm, oh, it's okay, either Laval okay. or here. That's the, yeah, or the halves. Okay. That's 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 what I was implying. Okay. Unless we deal him for the uh, pick that gets nope. us a uh, Kata Niemi, but that's a pie in the sky mm. dream for me. But yeah, that yeah. was my favorite movement. Uh, movement. The uh... <laughs> your favorite movement. Yeah, my favorite movement <laughs> is the best one. We better close this out before you have any yes! more beers, Dave. <laughs> nah, it's okay. I've been not drinking beer currently. It's all right. I'm about to crash. Sounds like actually. it. Actually, it's fine. Really, I can speak. Really, this. articulately. <laughs> No. Wait, what? Are you speaking to? Are you? 
Lucky? Are you gonna Are you gonna go to sleep? Mm mm. Oh, okay. Hell no! I gotta get this all edited and up. Yeah. Thank you. For the masses. And with that being said, thank you, masses, for listening. Bye. <laughs> thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye, everybody. <laughs> yeah, have a good weekend. It's gonna be so much fun. Oh my god. <laughs> It's going to be the best weekend ever. Is it? I think so. I think it'll be pretty good. Oh, good. I'm going yard sailing tomorrow morning. Ooh. So I have to get up super early. So I'm going to go to bed now. Wow. Okay, I'm go back to my poor boyfriend who's been alone in the living room for an hour and a half. <laughs> oh, he's been alone in his life. Before you go, um, I was wondering. I wish we got to it in the podcast, but I was going to I stopped an old man along the way, hoping to find some old forgotten words or ancient melodies. He turned to me as if to say, Hurry, boy, it's waiting there for you. Sure as Kilimanjaro rises like Olympus above the sand.